Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy, but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with, but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is a former U.S. Air Force captain. Brian's viral blog, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, has been read by over 30 million people. Having survived multiple dark nights of the soul, he is now a life coach and relationship coach to men, women, and couples worldwide. His books and courses, including Boundaries, Relationships Suck Without Them, have helped thousands of people make sense of love and intimacy's bewildering senselessness. You can find out more about him at brianreeves.com. That's Brian with a Y. Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S. brianreeves.com. Brian, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. Welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you, Joseph. Well, I'm excited, man. I've, I've not had a conversation like this before on a podcast, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, definitely. What I hear you saying is, Joseph... I really don't know what's about to hit me, so hopefully it's not. Oh, that excites me! Oh no, 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 no! I love the uncertainty. It's the, it's the, it's a conversation for Catholics and Protestants that I've never really had before. That's the part that excites me. Very cool. Um, Look, yeah, forward to it. All right, so start us out with uh, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Very few people in my business life. Well, you know, I've 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 built my business on a on a on the grounds of transparency and sharing my struggles. I I predominantly today do relationship coaching because I sucked at relationship for thirty years. I'm in my mid forties and five years into an extraordinary relationship, which you know, we're still, we still do our work. We still work with our own therapists and coaches. And my, my wife is actually a marriage and family therapist herself. So, uh, you know, everybody knows that that's not a secret. Um, I think, I think what might be interesting for this conversation for your audience is, is that this is something I never talk about is that, yeah, I grew up, uh, Episcopal, going to an Episcopalian church. My mom, um, being raised herself Catholic, uh, a German Irish Catholic family, seven kids. My mom was the middle child. So, you know, that, that was, and then it, she tried to bring that into her children, my, me and my sisters. And, and so we went to an Episcopalian church for a number of years and it was really difficult for me to, to gel into that experience. Um, mm. I was an altar boy for a time and 
I, I, I oddly, I really enjoyed that because I got to participate in a way when I was being an altar boy, I really enjoyed participating, but otherwise when I was just sitting out in the pews, uh, I, I was just bored out of my gourd, Joseph. Mm. I felt like the, I felt like the, the, the church experience for me as a boy was so utterly devoid of meaning and interest. And I, I felt like, it felt like I was going to a funeral every Sunday. And obviously my, my little brain couldn't make sense of that at the time. I see that more as an adult. And so I think what, what I, what I've, a lot of my life has really been discovery around my spiritual experience, my, my awakenings of, of God and myself have been, have been kind of discovering the celebration side of worship and religion and, and spiritual experience rather than what I grew up with, which just felt like mourning life. Mm. So that's something I've never shared on any podcast or in any coaching conversation, I don't think ever. So there you go. You know what? It just somehow happens on this show. Listen, thank you for going there and just being transparent and raw and vulnerable about it. Because I think many of us listening right now, we really can identify with what you just said. Hmm. Regardless of the, the church that we were raised in, many of us have had a... Uh, I guess the origins of our spirituality kind of show up the way you described it, just very dull, very dry, mm -hmm. spiritual dryness, um, this morbid type of experience, very robotic is a word that comes to mind, uh, rather than this life-giving, experiential um, you know, way of being. And it's like when we hear about God, and, and we learn about him in our heads. He's this all-knowing, all-powerful, loving father who created us. Well, then why doesn't it feel that way mm -hmm. when I'm in the pew, like you said? What do yeah. you think is missing in the yeah. messaging um, that you really wanted as a boy and maybe still yeah. do now? Well, I'm really glad you're going in this direction and you asked that question because as a relationship coach, one of the foundational maps that I work with is masculine and feminine intimacy, the art of masculine and feminine intimacy, which does not mean man and woman. Every man has masculine and feminine energy. Every woman has masculine and feminine energy. And what I, in retrospect, what I realized in the church experience, you said it, God is a father. And the, that describes kind of the quintessential male experience or masculine experience, just a lot of stillness. It's very dull. It's not a lot of movement. You know, let's, I'm going to go into my cave and just kind of hunker down and not, there's not a lot of life. And that's the feminine. The feminine is, you know, what I see happening in a lot of church experiences these days, there's so much more music there's so much more vibration in the space. There's so much more celebration happening. That, to me, that in my experience of things, that is the rise of the feminine in our world in that you can see in the church experience. We're dying for it, literally. That old experience of just masculine worship alone. I mean, you see it in, um, well, I'll just, I'll stay in this vein for a moment. So that old experience, in this modern age, we are crying out for more feminine, the feminine value of connection, the feminine value of celebration of like you said it life giving that is the feminine that is the mother, if you will. 
And I think this is what has been missing from a lot of our experiences. You have like, again, I grew up in the Episcopalian church. It was so, the ritual aspect of it was so overbearing you know, okay, I stand for a few minutes and I kneel for a few minutes and I sit for a few minutes and I say this thing, I repeat this thing that the, that the, the priest says or the father says, and then I repeat that thing and then I do this thing and I do that. There was no play in that. There was, the music was, again, the music was, it was like funeral hymns we were singing. We were mourning, and I guess we were mourning in a sense, mourning the death of the son, you know, all of that. But this, this, the Holy Ghost. It's like, that's what was really missing. We, we would say it, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. We would sort of say the Holy Ghost, but we never really invoked the Holy Ghost, the feminine principle into our worship. And I, I think that is what was missing. Certainly for me, it's missing in a lot of the couples that I work with uh, that have devolved into that masculine state of, of, of stagnancy and control and um, and, and I think that you, we see that today in a lot of church religious experiences, and it's so desperately needed. Mm. I'm agreeing with so much of what you're saying right now, and I know my listener is as well. I'd like to push back on one thing, even with all that agreement that I have with you. And that is, first, let me say what I agree to. I agree that the the church really is missing uh, the experience of that third person of the Holy Trinity, right? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that life giver. Mm-hmm. Um, the Father's the creator, the Son is the Savior, and then the Holy Spirit is, is the inspirer, right? The one that inspires, breathes into us this new life, etc. And if I could go biblical for a second, right, when you think about the apostles, right, after Jesus died and he resurrected and stuff, then they're all up in the room doing the stoic thing, like in the pews, right? They're very morbid. Oh, okay, what do we do? And they're fearful. And they're living in this state of panic or anxiety. Then the Holy Spirit breathes fire into them, inspires them, and they go out bold and courageous, Now, I I agree with what you said. It's it's a very feminine, life-giving, but I also think the masculine energy is there as well, life-giving. And it creates this fire and this boldness in us in a very masculine and feminine, very fluid kind of way. And I think you're right. That's what's missing in in our churches right now is that boldness where what, what are we seeing right now in a pandemic? Think of that for a second. We're seeing this coiling up right? This bunkering down very much like the apostles right before, you know, just this fear, just going within and like, what do I do? And there's a time and place, I think, for contemplation. And I think what you said is very true. The early church, that was the the whole emphasis is this very contemplative type of spirituality going within and just kind of that's stoic. This is very, how I look. Very denying of self, denying yes. of emotion, denying yes. of, of the body, you know? Yes. Very heads down. I'm looking yeah. at the floor. I'm walking ahead, etc. And then we have this contrast of the Holy Spirit, which is I'm going out with my arms wide open, loving on people, speaking God's truth and inviting people, which takes fire and, and, and just that courage to do that. Why do you think that, because that's a very attractive thing to men to go out and fight the battle like that. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's missing right now? And, 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 or how do we bring it? How do we bring it across all denominations? Which part's missing? 
the boldness that men really resonate with. How do we bring that boldness into our spirituality? If we think about our business life, there's clear boldness there. You think of the Grant Cardones, the Gary V's of the world, they are the bold fire guys. And, and we get inspired. We're like, yeah, I'm going to go crush it at work today. I'm going to crush it. Mm. Why don't we go crush it in our spiritual lives? Why don't we go crush it in our beliefs and what we actually stand for? Why don't we crush it in our marriages, right? And raising our children and say, man, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going I'm to yeah. go in with courage and fight that fight. Um, I, I, I like to use the word orientation a lot we know what disoriented means. I feel disoriented. I don't kind of don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel disoriented, but we don't actually talk about this word oriented. What does it mean to be oriented? And I think what a lot of men struggle with is they are oriented around the things that don't serve oriented around money. Like you just said, those names that you mentioned, like Grant Cardone, I can't remember who else you said, Gary uh, V. Gary V. Exactly those men have succeeded financially and a lot of what they're preaching and teaching is how to succeed financially. And in this culture, we worship the, we worship money. And so I think a lot of men, we can orient around that and go boldly when we're going to get lit with a spark to go make some money and, or at least go attempt to make money. And that, you know, that'll, kind of give a certain momentum but if you know let's say you succeed and you make the money and all of a sudden you realize well boy there's no there's nothing there i've got this money but i what am i missing i mean uh, and i think i think the same happens in our spiritual lives where i don't think a lot of men know what to really be oriented around even this concept of god i think i think so many men and women too, but we're talking about men right now, are oriented around a concept of God and not an embodied experiential knowing of God. It's just this idea of God. And there's a, you know, 7 billion people on planet earth, 7 billion concepts of God, right? All different, every, every concept is a little different. And I think, I think what we're, again, this is that the contemplative aspect of our spirituality is a beautiful part of ours. It's essential. I mean, I love going off to my cave or to my cabin and just for a week and checking out of the demands of my life and just contemplating. I love that. It's, it's deeply enriching. Um, but without an embodied experiential knowing of of, of spirit, whatever, you, again, you want to call it spirit, source, God, love. I like the word love and love is throughout the Bible. That word is used throughout the Bible. Um, God is love. Yes. That, that's not, that's not a concept. I mean, it, it, we can conceptualize it, but, but we become oriented with boldness and passion. You see, if we orient around a concept, we can really hurt a lot of people, including ourselves because we become loyal to the concept. God is this way. God stands for these things. God is against this and he's for that. And we kind of, we can get into this argument about our concept and now we're, we're defending a concept and we're attacking others for a concept. And I think, I think as a, as a man grows and awakens and evolves, he starts to see that, wait, I'm just hurting people. 
I'm hurt. I'm actually coming from a lot of fear. I'm, it's like I'm serving a tyrant and it's in me, this own tyrant in me to, 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 to defend this idea. And I, and, and there's a part in all of us men that when it's that love, that it's the love part of, of us all men that we wake up and go, I, I, I can't serve this tyrant. Mm. I can't serve the tyrant inside my own brain. This isn't, I, I don't, this doesn't feel right. There's something. And again, we have our own battles you know, inside of our own minds going on. So it's, uh, I think that it's about orientation. It's about what are we orienting around? And when a man wakes up to love, and this is even in the Bible, again, it talks about, you know, uh, how a man loves a woman as Christ loved the church and Christ gave his life for the church as a man should give his life for his woman. I, I read that as, as a man giving his life for love Man, there's nothing more bold than a man who is lit up in the flames of love in, in, and to use that love in service of whatever that is, whether it's serving your community, serving your family, uh, serving, again, serving God. That's not the concept, but, but the embodied knowing of, of, of God, you know, moment. Anyway, rabbit holes. Just a rabbit hole we can go down to, Joseph. I'm going to pause there. Listen. Thank you for going there because what I'm hearing you say is that what's missing is the target is that we tend to chase the concept, but not the actual target. And what creates that tangible yeah. target is relationship. And, yeah. and what, so you used a great example of our wives and, and how Christ loved, right? We should love. And so I, I guess the way I would hear what you're saying right now, Brian, is that, I can argue all day long, the concept of love mm-hmm. all day long. Yeah. And I can make you right. I can be wrong, etc. What it's all vanity. It's useless. Totally, yeah. It's empty. And I, and I bet right? you've done, have you, I bet you've done that before. I've done I it. certainly have. I, I definitely have. Right. And, and it I wasn't, think we've, and it wasn't fruitful at all in my experience. Exactly. It wasn't fruitful at all. And maybe I got the, the little, you know, drug, you know, pat on the back. Look, I'm right. Sure. And I finally proved you wrong. Ha. Right. And it's just this self-righteousness, but of no use. Now on, on the other vein, if you asked me about my wife and tell me about love in regards to my wife, now there's a person there. Now I can fight, defend, protect a person. There's a relationship there, which makes it very tangible, very real, very physical, very human to, to my senses. But the concept of love, right? It's grabbing at the air. So what I'm hearing you say is this is what, how we look at God. Do we look at God as that concept of God yeah. and we will we'll talk and try to be right about all this stuff, but what yeah. we're actually not pursuing is the relationship with that person of God. Yeah that we'll go and fight and defend and talk about, man, I am in love because I've experienced him in my life. When I was down at the bottom, he came and saved me, right? And it's this authentic storytelling that I could tell you if you asked me, hey, when did you meet your wife? What was the first date like? See, I can describe all those things. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to make you wrong about it. It's my story. Yeah. What if we did the same thing with God? What do you think? I think that would be an extraordinary step in a healthy direction for humanity as a whole. I, 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 
just yesterday, I was working with a woman who uh, she's 38 years old, raised in a very Catholic family. And she's really struggling in her marriage because of her experience of sexuality was essentially guilted out of her as a child. She was very shamed for um, having emotional expression, for being a girl, and, and again, a, a very patriarchal sort of a, a family that stood for the concept of God rather than the embodied living of the experience of love. And so here she is growing up in a family that, you know, girls don't cry, for example. You know, it doesn't matter if you feel okay, you have to do this thing because that's what God wants you to do. Whatever the thing is, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean, God as a concept versus God in action. It's a very, and I don't have the right answer here. I'm not saying I know what God in action is. I have no, it's a moment to moment thing for all of us. But I think, you know, Abraham Lincoln, this story uh, has marked me deeply about what Abraham Lincoln would tell his advisors, all of his, his, his cabinet members, his generals, they would say, you know, he's, he's fighting the Civil War, he's leading the Civil War, and, and they would say to him, common refrain, you know, and all, all men in battle will say, you know, may God be on our side. We kind of assume God is going to be on our side, you know, because we're righteous. And I see this all the time, again, in, in relationship work. And I believe this. I mean, all men have good hearts. I really believe that. But because we're so loyal to these concepts that are disconnected from heart in many ways, disconnected from an embodied knowing of it, we, we, we just assume, okay, God, be on my side. And, and then we can, again, we can hurt a lot of people from that place because we're not present with what's happening, what's, what's actually happening. We're just in our concept. And Abraham Lincoln would tell his advisors when they would say, may God be on our side, he would say, you know, I think it better to question whether we are on God's side. Mm. That has marked me for, that has deeply, deeply touched me because I, I, I too, I can be as righteous as any human being. I can be a stubborn, righteous, you are absolutely wrong, go screw yourself. I know how this is supposed to go and what's right. Like, I, man, and that never, ever serves me well and serves the people that I'm, whether it's my, whether it's someone I'm working with or whether it's my, 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 my wife. Mm. That definitely does not serve our relationship. <laughs> so how do you check in yeah. on God's will versus your own? Yeah, it's a um, great question. I, I, oftentimes my first step in that check-in is questioning my conclusions or my judgments about what I think is happening or needs to happen. Because usually when I'm Usually when I'm in the concept of God or love or, or whatever, when I'm in the concept, I'm in my righteousness and I can feel it in my body. It's like my body is tense. It's my, my, my tone of voice will be uh, probably is a little harsh. You know, I'm, I'm sort of, I may, in a way it kind of feels good though, because you know, as men, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in battle mode. But what am I battling is the question. What am I fighting here? Look, if somebody is breaking into my house 
I need to be in battle mode. I need to be ready to handle business in that moment. I, in that moment, I'm not really worried. I'm not really thinking am I on God's side or is God on my side? I've got my gun and I'm ready to go. But that is essentially never what I'm, what's actually happening in the moment. Usually I'm just faced with a situation I don't like. Uh, somebody who has an opinion different than mine. My, again, my partner is is having an upset that i don't agree with she shouldn't be upset about that whatever the thing is she's upset with ever happened to you joseph uh no never <laughs> just last yeah. night actually <laughs> yeah it's not so far not today how what's time what time yeah is today it? we've had a really great smooth <laughs> and so that i think that that first that's always the first step is to check myself check in with myself what is happening in my body like really noticing, wow, I am really in a kind of fight mode right now. And mm. that's usually the first sign that I'm probably not on God's side right now. I really appreciate that because that's exactly what I was wrestling with yesterday mm. and uh, with my own spouse. And, and she is so gracious and peaceful <laughs> and right, just the, the softest, kindest uh -huh. person you'll ever meet. Uh -huh. And there was just some things that just haven't been working, right? And that's the way I like to say it. Is it working or not working? I'm not here to make you wrong. Is it working yeah. or not working, right? Yeah. And man, I wanted to go have a verbal fight. I really did to point out those things that are not working yeah. um, that obviously she's missing, totally. right? And I need to be right <laughs> about that and point that out. And, yeah. and I've yeah. been so patient with, mm. with her and it's been going on for so mm. long and just look how patient I am. Aren't I Amazing. Great? You're amazing, Joseph. Right? And it's really yeah. this self-worship. Mm. It's me yeah. playing God yeah. and acting like yeah. I am above others yeah. and superior to others. And I really had to sit with that. And I agree with you because it, it did impact my physiology. I did have this welling up of the chest mm. and a mm. little burst of testosterone passing through my system. Like, okay, brace yeah. yourself. Let's yeah. go have this, this uh, conflict. Yeah. And I really had to just kind of step back multiple times and just wait and say, no, now's not the time because I'm occurring this way. Yeah. And I finally, it was over dinner and we sat there and we had a quiet dinner, like no talking, which is not typical. And I'm hmm. normally the instigator of conversation. Hmm. She's more quiet and reflective. And I could tell she's picking up, wow, you're not talking, you're not talking. And I'm waiting and kind of making her wrong. How come you're not checking in and saying, hey, is something wrong? Mm -hmm. So I was making it wrong and even that. Yeah. She finally checks in and she's like, you're not occurring the way you normally do. Mm. I was like, yep. Mm. And she's like, there's something on your mind. <laughs> I was like, uh -huh. yep. Uh -huh. And then I did something where I said, listen, I really have been avoiding this conversation and here's why. I don't want to occur a certain way and be aggressive in this. However, there is something that's not working for me right now. I want to chat with you about it. However, in the past, when I do occur this way, it makes you coil up and get protective and defensive, right? And I don't want to go there. I just want to have a conversation with my wife about something that's not working and just kind of see what we can create there. And just me voicing that that way, Brian, changed everything. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, I'm ready to receive. 
yeah. whatever it is. What is it? Yeah. And fast forward, the conversation went great. And I laid down some tough things for her to sit with and digest. And she came over and kissed me on the cheek after. And she said, thank you. Thank you for presenting it the way you did. Mm-hmm. That made it really easy for me to receive all that. And I'm going to go to work on those things. And you're yeah. right. I've been procrastinating in them. And I was just like, wow, I am so glad I didn't occur like that a-hole yeah. that I wanted to. What do you see there? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think um, we men, we do need to do battle sometimes. Our D, like we, That's what sports is all about. Sports is a battlefield. And we do need outlets for that testosterone, for that hostility in a sense, for that we, we, but our intimate relationship is not that place. Mm. Our relationship with our spouse is not the domain for that. But it works in business. So our brain says it's going to work in this relationship. It's going to work everywhere. Sure. And I would question whether it actually works in business. I mean, yeah, it works maybe in terms of kind of getting to the bottom line, but it can also create a lot of collateral damage along the way that also doesn't really serve. Mm. So, but the point is we do need these outlets and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a part of two men's groups, one we meet weekly and one we're daily talking with each other through video chats. And, and this is a place where we men can sort of do, do very respectful battle. We can stand up to each other. We can push back. We can share our, our, our triumphs, but also our vulnerabilities and our, our challenges. And, and it's, it's, a, it's so important. And, and having these outlets helps me also <clears throat> show up more present for my relationship. It takes the edge off of that, that, that same part of me. Yeah. Joseph, I constantly am seeing, you know, the brain, especially the, the fix it, the male fix it brain is constantly seeing what ain't working so I can fix it. How am I going to fix something if I'm not looking for what ain't working? And that destroys intimacy. Mm. That mentality destroys intimacy. So what I see that you did there so um, beautifully was just exercise the restraint of that, of that battle mode with your wife, essential. And the way that you presented to her, it, what you did is you allowed her to exist in the space. You allowed her, you didn't just go in and bowl her over with your point of view, which is what we're all, me included, are constantly tempted to do and often and too often indulge in. That just, like you said earlier, even if we kind of win the point, nothing meaningful changes. We don't win hearts and minds that way. Um, And so when we allow the other person to exist in the space, it's like acknowledging, I don't want to occur this way because I, what, what, what I see happens for you is it doesn't work for you. This doesn't serve you when I do this. You, you have an experience that clearly doesn't feel good to you. I don't like to see it. So this is what's happening for me. And I honor you as well. Like when you create that, what I call the, the we space, that's the, we are here. We are in this together. It's not just me but it's also not just you. It's we. Joseph, magic happens in that place. That's where I think God truly enters. What what is the saying? Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there There I I am. There I am. And and Mm -hmm. I think this is kind of real time where we allow the we 
when we make space for that, for, for multiple, for more than just me in the space, mm. magic, this is where God enters and magic happens. And that's, you can look at it, you know, just two people, but you can look at it between cultures and, and you see what's happening in our culture right now. It's like, it's so binary. It's like either, either, you know, it's like this, this sort of team has their say, or this team has their say. And inside of that, man, it's just chaos and disconnect mm. and nothing meaningful changes. Mm. I agree with you. I think the ego thrives on labels and it causes so much divisiveness in our world, in our families, right? In our marriages. And it also says in scripture, right? That, you know, when a man and woman are joined together, they become one flesh and you created that we space, which is the one flesh safe space yeah. of having conversation. And I think many marriages are missing that. So if you're listening right now and you're struggling in your marriage and struggling to you know, communicate with your partner in the way that you actually want to, and your ego keeps showing up and man, just setting things on fire. I invite you to take Brian's advice here and create that we space, that oneness and realize you're on the same team. You're one flesh. You're all, you're headed in the same direction. And then to and, go, and, and I just want to be clear about that too, because this is the myth that that especially men buy into that in the we space everything should be easy. No, we should just think the same, get along the same. This should be we're we, we're one. What? Yeah. No, that's just your own ego projecting out and saying, why can't you be like me? Yes, it's that's not the we space. Self worship. I, yeah, I, I agree completely. It's the place to bring those confronting conversations. Uh, too, but in a way where you don't harm each other or hurt yeah, each other, yeah, correct? Yeah. Beautiful. And, well I, yeah. and I think uh, to your point, we could take it outside of our relationships, our intimate relationships with our spouse, with our kids, and we take it into the world. Mm -hmm. And what if, what if we interacted with others who are different than us, have different worldviews, different opinions. And we created that oneness or that we space with them and just hear them out and say, hey, listen, you know, let me hear you. Okay, that's conflicting with what I believe. But why do you think that? Or how did you get there? Tell me your story. Right, yeah. Like, man, that just opens up people. Mm -hmm. And you just say, tell me your story. <laughs> Instead of saying, you're wrong. Totally. And then closing off. I've done that so many times and I've done the other so many times and what works is asking them about their story. And, and what I find Brian, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but man, when I really hear their story, I get to see who they are. Yeah. And I have a lot more compassion for that person in front of me because they're yeah. just like me. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I, I, I believe deeply in the heart of all men and women. I, I truly believe at the heart of all men and women, there is, there is gold. And what happens in the human experience for the vast majority of, his, of us is so wounding and, mm -hmm. and so damaging in our young lives, especially in just the ways that we are hurt and wounded on our journeys, that we turn into adults that are, we're armored up. Yeah. And all kind and that arm and we and our defenses and our offenses, you know, come out in all kinds of ways. And I think that's the, that's the really the great challenge is 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 um, is yeah. So, but I believe deeply in the heart of all men and women. I agree with you, and I believe it's because the heart of 
all men and all women was created by God and he is love. So love is in there. And like you said, it's so shielded up with this protective armor that we forget how to feel as adults. Yeah. We don't know how to feel anymore. Yeah. So that's why we occur with all the stress and anxiety and anger towards each other and divisiveness is because we're just really unhappy on the inside. Yeah. And God is that answer, I truly believe. But to UBC Nation, as you're listening right now, if you're feeling any of those feelings, I felt those, I'm sure Brian has felt those, the answer is to go to God, but not to God as looking at him as a concept, like Brian said, but look at him as a person, as a father who created you, who loves you, that you want to have a relationship with. And you may be coming from a place of hurt and brokenness and don't know even how to start that that relationship or how to approach him that's the conversation to have you know father i man i have such a weird view of who you are and what you are like i don't even know where to start but mm-hmm. i think i want a relationship with you because i want love and i and i'm missing that in my life in my heart so show me how to get there speak to me show me who you are etc anything you want to add to that where people can start yeah i think that's Asking those questions, one of the questions that I would ask for many, many years when I felt particularly disoriented around what am I doing? I'd already figured out making money isn't, isn't what I'm here for. Um, feeling that deep call to service, one of the questions that I would ask, I w- it was like I was practically begging God, but it was a question. It was a prayer. It was, show me, God, show me, show me, use me. Use me, use me to do your work. I have hands and a heart. Show me, use me, and and it it was a it was a daily prayer, and at times it was really painful to ask because it wasn't like he just you know called me on the phone and said, okay, Brian, here's what you're gonna do. Here's the game plan for today. <laughs> no, it was a but but through the inquiry. So I love the questions that you're asking, Joseph. It's through the inquiry, living in those questions that the answers are slowly revealed. And I think it's having the patience to just live inside of those questions that the, the, that life unfolds with, with God as your orientation, love as your orientation. Mm, love it. All right, so BC Nation, we're speaking with Brian Reeves. Uh, he is a relationship coach, best-selling author for men and women. Uh, and couples. And you can find him at brianreeves.com. That's Brian with a Y. Before we get into my favorite part of the show, Brian, I'm going to ask you, what are your top three spiritual insights or steps or spiritual strategies that you have used personally or that you coach your clients on, um, especially for beginners Mm -hmm. who really want to have deeper relationship with their spouse, deeper relationship with their kids, and most importantly, deeper relationship with God. What are yeah. your, your three tips or steps for them? So my first is uh, I daily practice. We talked about contemplation. I, I daily have, a, I daily have a, a, I could call it a meditation practice, could call it a stillness practice, a silence practice where you know, 10 to 30 minutes a day, I just sit quietly, breathe. The point of this is, Again, whatever label you want to put on it, the point of it is to quiet my own chattering mind to allow the inspiration of life, God, love to come through. And again, it's not like I'm sitting, it's not like I sit and have a massive epiphanies about how I'm going to go save the world that day. 
it's a daily cultivated practice to get my own anxieties out of the way, that righteousness out of the mm. way. I mean, that's number one, having some daily practice. It could, again, it could be whatever that could be for somebody, but, but, um, well, uh, the second one is that is, is reading inspired words. I, I look at reading other people's words. It's like thinking with other people's thoughts. That's what reading essentially is, is thinking with other people's thoughts. So a book, um, I also like to watch certain YouTube videos that to me take me sort of the, the, the thoughts that, that, that I'm borrowing other people's thoughts that take me into a mindset of love, a mindset mm. of spiritual connection to God, to life, to myself, to, you know, again, you have to choose wisely because there's a lot of stuff out there that will take you in the direction of fear, of mm -hmm. concept, of disconnect from life and love and God in the name of God, but they're actually taking you farther away from it. So, and I, again, I can't tell you what that is. You got to discover that for yourself, but. Um, so read inspired words. What's your number three? And my number three is um, uh, develop a practice, learn, study the art of surrender. <laughs> study the art of letting go. Tell me more. Surrender. So for many years, I, I, I repeated this, this prayer, this mantra to myself over and over. Um, I would say God or life is constantly conspiring to bless me. My only job is to get out of the way and let it happen. God, life is constantly conspiring to bless me. My only job is to get out of the way and let it happen. So by cultivating a practice of surrender, of letting go, it's, we've talked about it a lot in this conversation, Joseph, where learning to question my belief, my story around what I think should be happening right now, around what I think someone else should be thinking or saying or doing or what I should be thinking or saying. Even, I mean, it's, I want to get really meta here. It's like just cultivating a practice of letting go of of trusting this is faith man we're talking straight up faith letting faith is about letting go again faith can be we can put our faith in a concept and then do a lot of damage to ourselves and others because we're allegiant to a concept i'm talking about straight into the heart of god of love faith which is god i don't I, I, I'm not God. I don't know how this goes. I am a, a confused, anxious, frightened being that makes mistakes. So I'm going to let, I'm going to sort of put my hands up and go, you know what? Maybe I don't know the answers here. Maybe I don't know how this goes. And that is not something you just, you know, do on, on a Friday. And then that lasts you for the rest of your life. That is a daily, daily practice. Mm. So powerful. Spiritual surrender. It just keeps coming up on the show. Guest after guest. Spiritual Glad surrender. 
Um, that is the answer to all of it. It's what I coach on, the surrender principle, and I absolutely love that you brought that up. So welcome to my favorite part of the show, Brian. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for okay. fun. Are you ready, okay. sir? <laughs> Let's do it. He's like, don't, he's like, don't overthink it. Okay. Don't yeah. overthink it. That's right. I'm, I'm in my surrender practice right now. Here we go. What's your favorite thing about God? He, she is love. What is your least favorite thing about God? Uh, he, she doesn't answer me with precise, clear direction when I ask for it right now when I want it. Because you're not God? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. what, are you, what are you most afraid of? A dying without having... Uh, fulfilled on my purpose of, of being a channel of love. Mm, got it. Brian, I think we're all struggling with uh, something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of the human condition. If you're being tr tr uh, just fully transparent right now, what are you struggling with either uh, professionally or personally? My biggest struggle is really connecting with my emotions, really feeling my emotions and not bypassing them. You know, out of all the people out there, I would think you have that on lockdown, but I guess you're human just like the rest of us. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what did you spend way too much time doing in your twenties? Wandering aimlessly. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> secret fear do you have about people? That they don't care about me. Mm, that's a, a big one. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That, um, that I don't have to worry that he, he's got me, he's got me, he's got my life. I don't have to, I don't have to figure this out and I don't have to worry. I don't, it's not on my shoulders to live this life. I love it. The ultimate letting go. Yeah. What's a new habit that you want to form? Well, I'll still, I'm still in the practice of forming, um, my daily silence practice, meditative practice. Um, and, because, and that directly confronts my challenges around letting go. I got work to do. I got to get on it, man. I got to be busy. I got, it's on my shoulders. That's, the, that's what keeps me from really going into stillness. It's, you know, so that, that's the practice that I'm really working on cultivating. It's, it's trusting in God. Ultimately. Mm. So good. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Courageous, terrified, um, unstoppable. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God love truly in your heart. Righteous, arrogant, well-meaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And last question, Brian, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would, I would just say, relax, play more, have more fun, just play, play. God's got, we got you, love's got you. You don't have to worry. I like that one. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God, a real relationship, not the concept of God versus not? 
Yeah, I would encourage you to, to really consider that question and live in that question rather than believing God's on your side. Live in the question, am I on God's side? And not, is my husband on God's side? Or is my child on God's side? Or are, is that oh, there's other people on God's side? That, that, get out of that question. That question ain't going to serve anything. That question just enables righteousness and arrogance, and it avoids you living in that question. Am I on God's side? Live in that question. Mm. Uh, a buddy of mine had these two great questions. Where is God showing up in your life right now? And then the next question, where are you cooperating with God? Mm. Yeah. And sometimes those could be very <laughs> confronting <laughs> answers. Yeah. Definitely. All right, Brian, we're listening with Brian Reeves. You can find him at brianreeves.com. Brian, best way for listeners to get in touch with you. I know you have a 90-day program. Tell us more. I do, yeah. So uh, my, my website, brianwithyreeves.com, I've got all my blogs and videos. And, uh, and, I have, and me and my spouse, we did a program called the 90-Day Conflict to Connection Program. It's specifically for couples. We have other things for individuals and singles, but that's, you know, conflict to connection. That's all about getting into the body, um, connecting through emotional resonance with each other and getting out of our concepts again. So much of that is just about getting out of our concepts and coming into connection because one thing that I'm always telling couples and I'm always telling myself, Joseph, is no good solutions come from a state of disconnection. And you proved that with your wife at the dinner table last night, right? No good solutions come from a state of, of disconnection. You come into connection, you create that connection and magic unfolds. And that's what we teach you through that 90 day conflict to connection program. Fantastic. All right. So you can find that brianreeves.com forward slash 90 day. That's nine zero day. Brian, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. I've enjoyed this, Joseph. Thank you so much, man. Wishing you well. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.